Well, thanks, Kim, and uh, all the girls, and thank you for letting me be in your home today. And I hope uh, you're going to feel really blessed by the words that I'm going to bring you this morning, or whenever you're listening to this talk. You know, I've brought along a couple of books with me this morning, and I, I think of them as two of the, the must-reads for all Christians, at least sometime in your Christian life. Uh, they really help get life back in perspective. This rather large one is called Fox's Book of Martyrs. Now, it's a book that tells the story of people who've given their lives for Jesus under great persecution. A study from the very first century in Palestine and goes right up to stories to up to 2001. I mean, it's, it's not a light read. It has uh, stories of people who were tortured, uh, burned alive, scalded to death. Uh, they faced lions, they were beheaded, cut into pieces, drowned, you know, buried alive, all for the sake of their belief in Christ. As I said, not a, a light read, uh, but a fascinating read. Uh, another one I've brought in is one I've read just recently, and it's called Standing in the Fire by Tom Doyle. And this is a, a lot more up-to-date account of people and it tells of the consequences for being a Christian in a Muslim country. And amazing stories of, of Christians who, who stood up to persecution and even Muslims who became Christians after they watched and witnessed such amazing faith. So fantastic reads. I really recommend them for you. But you know, when I read books like this, I have to ask myself, where do they get such courage? You know, how would I respond in those situations? You know, if someone had a, you know, like, I think it's called an AKG 47 machine gun aimed at my head or aimed at my children's head or at my grandchildren's head, you know, would I stay so faithful? Or would I dissolve into like a hysterical puddle on the floor and just deny everything I believe about Jesus? You know, how do I find the power to stay strong? Well, our passage today from the book of Acts tells of a similar story of a young man named Stephen who courageously stood up to persecutors without crumbling into a heap and without denying his Lord and Saviour, Jesus. So who is Stephen? Well, Stephen is the first Christian martyr mentioned in the New Testament. His name Stephen, or the Greek is Stephanos or Stephanos, uh, Irene, I need your help, but I hope I've said it correctly. It means victor's crown, and he wore it well. How did Stephen find the power to stand firm, to stare down death under that threat of stoning? Now, stoning was a horrible death. It wasn't just a few little rocks being thrown at you. These were giant boulders that they would pick up and they would, you know, they would smash into your shoulders, smash into your head, your face. And if you didn't die from, from your injuries, you would die from being suffocated, buried alive under the rocks, under the stones. Well, we read the word full several times. Open up your Bibles. If you haven't already, got them, get them back open again at Acts chapter 6. And Acts chapter 6, 3 says that Stephen was full of the spirit and wisdom. And verse 5 says that he was full of faith and the Holy Spirit. 
And in 6 8 says, He was full of grace and power from the Holy Spirit. So Stephen was a full man. Now, power came from being full of the Holy Spirit. Now, five times Acts mentions that Stephen was full of the Holy Spirit. And this wasn't just evident because we can read that he was performing miracles and doing all sorts of wonders. But there are other qualities that reflect a life full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to talk about those today. Firstly, fullness is reflected in character. Now, Acts 6.2 says that he was a, a man of good repute. Good reputation. That means character. You see, biblically, the main evidence of being filled with the Spirit is the fruit of the Spirit. You know, love, joy, peace, patience, come on, say it with me, kindness, goodness, uh, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want to ask you, does your character identify you as being full of the Spirit? You know, it's so easy to respond with love and joy and peace and all the rest of those beautiful fruit when life is going smoothly. But how's your character this year? You know, we've had drought, we've had fire, we've had flood, and we've had virus. This year has really tested us. Have you remained loving and joyful? You know, when you've had to homeschool your kids or where you have to wear a face mask everywhere. Have you stayed peaceful as the number of cases and deaths rise? Have you stayed kind and gentle when someone takes the last jar of pasta sauce from the shelves? And have you stayed good and faithful, you know, in your giving, loyally supporting your church, regularly watching our online services, you know, staying committed to your church? And are you self-controlled in what you say? Do you resist gossip? You know, Stephen possessed these qualities. He didn't just talk, but he walked the talk. And we read on, he was a servant. He waited on tables, caring for widows. Now, this is a guy who performed miracles and wonders, yet he was still humble enough to serve. You know, there is nothing too small for a great person. I'm going to say that again. There is nothing too small for a great person. So I want to ask you, how are you serving? You know, do you ring people just to find out how are they going? Are they okay? Do you make a meal for someone you've heard isn't, isn't well? Or maybe someone who's lost their job? Have you thought to ring the church and ask them, what can I do to help? And I know many of you do, and that's great. Hey, we need helpers here just to clean and sanitise the church. Do you know, after every meeting that we have in this building, we have to wipe down all the pews, you know, spray everything, sanitise, all the toilets need to be done. We need people to deliver pamphlets. We've got a working bee coming up. There's lots of ways that you can serve. Secondly, fullness is reflected in wisdom. Now, wisdom comes from a Hebrew word meaning skill. It's used of the craftsman who had the skill to make the tabernacle or the tent and the furniture that went in, in Exodus. We read that the members of the synagogue debated with Stephen, but look at verse 610. 
they could not stand up against the wisdom or the skill or the spirit by whom he spoke. You know, Stephen goes face to face with the heavies of the Jewish religious party. And he goes armed with the wisdom that comes from the word of God. He knows his Bible. And he particularly knows the truth concerning salvation that comes through Jesus. And I hope you'll, you'll have a read of Acts chapter 7, the whole, the whole of that chapter after this talk. Uh, and there's a really long discourse from Stephen where he passionately speaks to them about the cross of Christ, the work of Jesus in his death and resurrection. How well do you know the scriptures? How confident are you at telling someone how they could be saved? Now, can you stand your ground even if you're ridiculed by your friends, your family members? You can when you are wise or skillful with the scriptures. Now, that's why we have our life groups or our Bible study groups. You know, we just don't want to fill up your head with lots of facts, but they're there to equip you with the wisdom that comes from the scriptures. You know, sometimes I, I hear people, they're, they're doing their life group studies as if they're doing their homework on the bus on their way to school. You know, or they're filling in the blanks during, during the study. You know, I want to encourage you to do your studies a little each day. Wrestle with the passage. You know, say to yourself, what is God really saying to me? Don't just look for the easy answers. This is for you so that you can be confident. So girls, get down and get to God through his word. And thirdly, fullness is reflected in faith. You know, the, the other, it was actually last weekend, but for you it'll be a couple of weekends ago. I, I was watching the 75th anniversary of the end of World War II and there's so many stories of, of young men who enlisted when they didn't have to. I mean, these guys were 15 and 16 and they were lying about their age. They wanted to go out. They wanted to put their life on the line and defend their country. And then there are women who voluntarily joined up as nurses and they endured horrific conditions to care for the sick and the dying. One thing they all had in common, they all believed, they all had faith that they were making a difference, that they were going to protect our country regardless of the cost. You know, that's one thing for all martyrs. There's the, the first and the, the greatest requirement is you really have to believe in what you believe. You need to be prepared to endure trouble because of your faith. Do you really believe? Do you really believe that Jesus is the Son of God? Do you really believe that Jesus is the only way? He's the truth and the life. Do you believe that Jesus' death gave you forgiveness of your sins? That his blood that was shed for you wiped away your debt? And that, his, that he resurrected on the third day? And that he is in heaven? And that when you die, you too will resurrect and be with him forever? Do you believe these things even at the risk of being ridiculed and attacked. You know, it's no good just talking about our faith in God and our trust in him. We have to live it. 
and faith is shown by how we react under pressure. Now, you probably won't have to face a firing squad. I pray you don't. But maybe you're living in a difficult marriage. Maybe you have problem kids or ill health or financial worries. Your faith will affect, firstly, your choices. Choosing to endure, choosing to trust God even when things seem hopeless. Your faith will affect your behaviour, you know, just remaining calm, patient, gentle, the whole fruit bowl of the Spirit. And your faith will affect your words, not complaining, not moaning, woe is me, not criticising, not arguing. You know, it's no coincidence that we read about, at the stoning of Stephen, there's a young man named Saul who was present. Now, he's one of the persecutors. And yet, a few chapters on, we read that this Saul became Paul, who's one of the greatest witnesses and defenders for Christ. When we patiently and joyfully endure trials, we are a powerful witness to unbelievers. And fourthly, fullness is reflected in grace. We read that Stephen was full of grace and power. Now Stephen's being full of grace means that he was a gracious man. He showed his experience of God's grace as revealed in the cross of Christ. Now we don't know what his life was like before he came to know Jesus. But we do know how much he appreciated God's grace because of the way he responded to his persecutors. See, he didn't curse them as they threw stones at him. It's unbelievable. We read that he blessed them by praying, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. What, what was your life like before you knew Jesus? Do you appreciate the grace shown to you? I know for my life, I still can wake up and I still I can't believe it, what Jesus has done for me. See, you, you girls, you only see the cleaned up version of Debbie. You don't know me before Christ. And I tell you, you should get down on your knees and thank God daily of what he has done for me. A person who understands God's grace as seen in the cross becomes a person who shows God's grace to others. Okay? A person who understands God's grace becomes a person who shows God's grace to others. How gracious are you when you're offended, when you're criticised, when you're hurt, abused by others? Do you retaliate? You know, plot your revenge? Do you swear? Or do you just lead them to God and pray for them? Lord, bless them. Can you pray, Father, forgive them? And being the fall of the Spirit isn't just internal. You know, when I read this, there's something else going on. It's also outward. It says it's reflected in your face. Look at verse 15. It says, And gazing at him, all who sat in the council saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Now, I'm not sure what the face of an angel looks like. I've never seen one that I know of. But that's how Stephen is described 
as he stood before the council. You know, maybe, maybe it was some radiant glow, like the shining of Moses' face when he came down from the mountain. Maybe it was just a serene calmness. You know, we can't say, but we do know his face didn't look normal. What's your face like in a difficult circumstance? Is it soft, gentle, friendly? Or are you tight-lipped? Your teeth are bearing, your eyes are blazing. You know, are you just wearing this perpetual frown or scowl? Our faces should reflect to people that we have been in God's presence. We have his Holy Spirit living within us. Now, I'm not suggesting to pretend, you know, put on a fake happy face everywhere you go. But a person who is truly, truly filled with the Holy Spirit will reflect love and joy and peace and patience on the outside. You know, even if you've got to wear a face mask, have smiley eyes behind it. Well, I'm going to conclude. Is it worth it? Is it really worth standing strong under pressure? You know, why not just crumble into that little puddle on the floor, crying, you know, woe is me. You know, God often works in ways that confounds our human logic. Why? Why sacrifice a man like Stephen, of great character and potential? I mean, it seems unnecessary and totally illogical to our human brains. However, through Stephen's death, Paul was saved, and many millions, including you and me, because of his witness and teachings. You know, after Stephen's stoning, that the, the church was scattered through, per, through persecution, which resulted in a more widespread witness across the world. There is always someone watching us, little eyes in our homes, eyes in the supermarkets, eyes of our neighbours, family, friends. Girls, I want to encourage you. Let them see a wise, faithful, gracious woman who's full to the brim and overflowing with the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you. You have not left us alone to stand against the persecutions, the troubles and the trials of this world. We thank you for your beautiful Holy Spirit that is freely given to us to live within us, to change us to be more like Jesus. Father, I pray for each one of us that we will have a daily dose of your spirit and we will be gracious women, women who have an impact on our world around us, in our homes, wherever we go. Father, strengthen us, empower us through your spirit that no matter what we face, we will face it through you. Through the blood of Jesus we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, everyone.